Section 10 of Mount Rushmore National Memorial. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aaron Bennett. Mount Rushmore National Memorial by Various. Theodore Roosevelt by William Williamson. Fromenton said of Peter Paul Rubens, one of the greatest masters who ever used brush and paint to interpret human character. He is systematic, methodical, and stern in the discipline of his private life, in the ordering of his work, in the regulating of his intelligence, in a kind of strong and sane wholesomeness of his genius. He is simple, sincere, a model of loyalty to his friends, in sympathy with every one of talent, and untiring and resourceful in his encouragement of beginners. The same might have been said with equal truth and propriety of Theodore Roosevelt. Of all the great leaders of this country, he was the most typically American. The grief and melancholy that seized him following the death of his first wife drove him into Dakota. Here upon the range he found surcease from sorrow and sufficient time off from his duties as manager of his ranch to write about the West. This work won instant recognition and not only established his place among the literary men of his day, but made him the idol of the great West. The cowboys with whom he rode the night herd liked and admired him, and even the roughnecks soon learned to respect his cool courage and resourcefulness. One encounter with him did not give encouragement to a second. But he was more than a frontiersman and writer. He represented all that was best in the home, in business, and in government. He was energetic, intelligent, and purposeful. He had an aim in life and drove hard and steadily toward his goal. His enemies seldom outmaneuvered him, and he knew how to strike when a bold strike was required to accomplish a desired end. His association with men of all types and his keen observation gave him an insight into men that enabled him to distinguish quickly and accurately the spurious from the real. Surface indications or social positions had for him little meaning. He would rather associate with an uneducated but quick-witted cowpuncher than with the dull and unimaginative. This accounts for his friendship with men and women in all walks of life. Talent and ability usefully employed, always had for him a special appeal, but he was bored and annoyed by the pretentious commonplace. He was by instinct and inclination a reformer and sought to improve all that was best in public morals, both spiritually and politically. No man struggling as mightily as he could escape making mistakes, but he was great enough to recognize them and fair enough to seek to rectify any injustice that had resulted. His enthusiasm, zeal, and sureness of himself sometimes led him to pursue hopeless and occasionally ill-considered causes that he later had reason to regret, but by the large he was a most useful and inspiring personality. Two outstanding achievements stand to his credit. One of these was the building of the Panama Canal, an accomplishment of transcendent importance to the American people. It is the link that binds the East to the West by water and has helped to make this country one of the great commercial and industrial nations of the world. The canal is also of first importance from the standpoint of national defense and has added greatly to the mobility and usefulness of our Navy, which has always been our first line of defense against any possible foreign foe. 
The second was the injection of morals into our politics and the insistence upon the square deal for every American, be he small or great. It was this characteristic more than any other that endeared him to the ordinary man and made him one of the most powerful political figures and one of the greatest moral forces that has taken possession of the hearts and minds of men in any age. It was not that he was always right, but men and women clung to him because they felt that he was right most of the time and was trying to be right all of the time. As a lone fighter, he was without a peer in his day and generation, and had the impetuosity and zeal required to arouse a mighty following in any cause which he espoused and upon which he had deep convictions. Every word that he spoke and every manifestation of his personality left a profound impression upon all those who came into contact with him, either personally or upon the hustings. Everywhere he was impressive, persuasive, and compelling. While he may never be loved as Lincoln was loved, or rise to the stature of Washington, his example, fortitude in adversity, and fight for the betterment of his fellow men will ever be like a beacon going before to inspire men and women everywhere who are seeking to make the world a better place in which to live. It was President Calvin Coolidge who said to sculptor Gutson Borglum that among the immortals to be carved upon Mount Rushmore a place must be found for Theodore Roosevelt, because he was the first president to say to big business, Thus far you shall go and no farther. Washington is there because he was the trusted leader that made these United States possible and was great and strong enough to refuse a crown and lay down the scepter when his work was done. Jefferson stands at his side because of his contribution to the rights of man as set forth in the Bill of Rights. Abraham Lincoln because he saved the Union from division by his own martyrdom and his infinite compassion for those who suffered. And Theodore Roosevelt because he was the greatest moral force for clean government and the square deal of modern times. William Williamson End of section 10 Recording by Aaron Bennett